Hello and welcome to episode three of the Endeavor podcast. Today is Thursday, May 30th, 2019, and I'm your host, Stephen Schroeder. This month, I spent a week in Quebec City for the Geological Association of Canada conference. And during that time, I spoke with Martin Blouin. Martin is the co-founder of GeoLearn, a Quebec-based company that is bringing analytics, data visualization, and machine learning to geological data. In today's episode, we talked about Martin's academic background and how he got to where he is today. We also went over different geological methods that are used to image the subsurface. Subsurface imaging is often used to find masses of rock that contain valuable materials like gold, water, or oil. In the podcast, we talk about two of these methods, which are GPR and seismic. They take advantage of the fact that electromagnetic waves and vibrational waves can penetrate the earth and the waves are reflected back based on the properties of the rocks in the ground. These methods are often used in exploration, a word that just means the process of looking for economic bodies of rock. This kind of work is especially important today where good data analysis can mean the difference between an endeavor that is or isn't economically viable. I think it was a great conversation, and I hope you do too. Now, without further delay, here is Martin Blouin. Why don't we start off by talking about a little bit of your background? Like, yep. you started in engineering and physics, right? Yeah. So, what was that was here in Quebec? Yes, in Laval University. Yeah. And so, what was that like? I came out of college. You know, it's not the same uh, here in Quebec than you have. Uh, rest of Canada you have the, the the you go to from high school to university but we have this college between the two years that we uh, we do kind of general stuff okay. you just decide if you're gonna do some uh, science or you're gonna go with like human humanity right yeah, yeah studies like and then I came out of there like not knowing that much what I wanted. Uh, I knew that I liked, I liked physics, math, and was kind of good at it, and I liked it. So I said, I'm going to, I saw the program, it's kind of physics engineering. I don't know if you have something like that uh, in your university. It's kind of, it's a, it's really a mix between physics and engineering. You have uh, less course of physics than the physics uh, degree, but you have uh, Mechanical engineering, electrical okay. engineering, all okay. kind of engineering. So when you you get your you you get your your grad, you're not really you need you need a master's at least to to specialize in something because you're just you're like kind of the jack of all trades uh, of engineering. I think a lot of university degrees are kind of like that now. Like your your undergrad is kind of like a ticket now. It just <laughs> kind of shows you. It shows that you have that level of competence, but if you just have an undergrad, you're not necessarily going to be specializing in whatever you studied. So yeah, at last year, uh, just last year of the the under my undergrad, I took some geophysics classes. Okay. And kind of liked the applied part of the, because I had those all those courses that that were just entry level of all the f engineering stuff, and nothing was really applied so that's kind of that was nice mm -hmm. i had also some hydrogeology like classes i, I kind of like that kind of simplified things but uh, it's, it 
was nice. So uh, I went, uh, I had an internship with um, a professor here at INRS, mm -hmm. uh, Richard Martel, which is working in hydrogeology, but really with uh, all the, the the Canadian force space around, like doing okay. some environmental characterization for them. Was he one of your professors or how did you get into that? I think a friend was doing internship with the, with him. He had a lot of money because he was, he, he had the funding from the, from the, the, the Canadian, uh, the, the army. So he had a lot of okay. money for research and he was hiring like massive amount of, <laughs> of intern and I just say I'll say so I went the summer uh, just uh, sampling water and doing like stuff like that doing uh, a slug test I don't know if you know this mm -hmm. the hydro, for hydraulic conductivity yeah. stuff like that yeah kind of one night it was nice and then he obviously he had all this money was recruiting students so oh we did we did some GPR that's the first time I yeah initially I did a lot of GPR on uh, on one of the sites in Petawawa. And you know Petawawa, it's like north northern Ontario okay. kind of. For oh. those that don't know, what's GPR? Yeah, it's ground penetrating radar. Uh, it's uh, electromagnetic method, uh, which yeah, it sends a pulse at uh, high frequency, and basically you send energy into from an ent from a transmitting antenna into the ground it reflects uh, when it's dielectric contrast okay mm -hmm. like do you have different um, water content in your in your in your soil and uh, different uh, electrical properties of the soil and when when the, the waves like crosses the pulse crosses are like uh, um, a boundary of different properties it's right. kind of parts of it reflects mm -hmm. and it's it's uh, it's recorded and you have like kind of a map like a cross section right so it's like <laughs> so it's signal processing stuff right signal processing. Me measuring like the properties of the earth yeah so was did, were you interest especially interested in that or did like what did you want to continue with when you did your masters uh I was interested with that, but then uh, my project started completely different. Oh, okay. Um, I started doing like some modeling of the quaternary deposits. Kind of, it was kind <laughs> of way off. I mean, I I was just yeah hoping for anything, and the the, the, the yeah he was really really busy, and that's when I met Erwan that uh, you met during the course. Uh, Erwan was my he kind of took the place and be my co-advisor in my master thesis okay. and he started giving some int into it doing some geostatistic stuff some uh, data simulation stuff and Erwan is another researcher yeah 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 Erwan uh, another researcher here mainly in geophysics and geostatistics now he's really in machine learning as well because mm -hmm. yeah we're all crossing that we're all cl crossing that line yeah right so now. now you're involved in machine learning how like it, what's the top line for that you know change from what you're doing then to what you're doing now yeah it's it's um i mean it's a long it's a it's kind of a long process i've been, I've been doing some uh, yeah inverse problems in geophysics uh, after yeah after going doing some hydrogeology during the master's thesis i came <laughs> back to 
more uh, geophysics stuff, uh, okay. seismic data processing, seismic inversion mm-hmm. during uh, during my PhD, also here at INRS, but with Erwan. And after that, uh, yeah, when I went to the postdoc in 2015 uh, in Paris, I, I worked with Michael Ravalek. I mean, she's kind of, uh, she's working a lot with geostatistics and I started working there and it was kind of a change of, it was 2015 and it's a big, it's a big year for machine learning as well. And I was, I was kind of alone there. I did, I was, I was in a group, the geophysics group and with the, the, the down, uh, it was a down period in the oil and gas business. So no, mm-hmm. not much money. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, it's, it's kind of, a. um, IFP is a research institute f- financed by the government, but also most of the money comes from Total. Uh, so they had less money and they were closing <laughs> down the geophysics department, something like that. Right. So I was kind of a year there, just people were just figuring out what they're going to do with their lives and stuff. Right, so, right. so I, I just started uh, and uh, I had a project that was supposed to take a year. I did it in like three months <laughs> and then I had, a, I was, I published uh, the work. I, I even programmed it. Uh, it was programmed like initially in MATLAB and I did like uh, the thing in C. So I, okay. I started like pushing, pushing, getting better programming skill. I started doing it also uh reading papers about seismic processing and uh, just trying to replicate them in python mm-hmm. so that's that's how it started i had a lot of time mm-hmm. i had to go there every day because it's kind of it's the place where you have a facility you need to put your card and just right, be, yeah. there, be there every day yeah. at, uh, from this from eight to six uh-huh. and youth and then i was yeah in an office with like serious people you need to do something it was not like an academic setting it was so yeah i had to 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 get the things done during that time so yeah i figured out look some tutorial i started experimenting with scikit-learn was kind of getting good at that time also 2015 all those papers with um convolutional neural networks start going out i didn't do that at that time but just was interested in yeah what's What's, what's going on so yeah that's so, kind of a big turn point yeah for like machine learning in general and for you too i guess <laughs> yeah. so computer science is kind of like separate from geology what what like kind of brought you into the like using computers for your work was it because of all the signal processing stuff that you were doing before? yeah the signal processing t- stuff um forced it but also the geostats i mean you have some geostatistical uh, geostatistic software yeah. kind of is that this uh, as as gems is free you, you mentioned the uh, gs lab gs lab is it free it's free it's free also? Yeah. yeah they just recently made it free okay it, they also have it it's just on github too there are some also nice libraries now but in 2014 when i finished uh, my phd 2013 14 you you there wasn't many option and yeah and even today it would be even easier to start programming but then at that time uh, a lot of the codes were passed from other students in matlab and right. stuff so yeah there's a lot of resources now to learn for yeah. sure yeah how would you define 
machine learning and the stuff that you're doing right now? Because I, I know it's a word that's tossed around a lot. Yeah. But maybe people don't really understand what what the word means. It's just modeling the data for a purpose, like getting 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 models that can that can do that have some predictive power for uh i would say that nowadays uh regression uh, linear regression is considered machine learning yeah uh, just like fitting a line through a bunch of data points yeah even. yeah but it's kind of a broad it's kind area. of a, yeah it's kind of a broad area but i would say that machine learning is still that uh it's just fancier methods uh neural networks that are really around it's just millions and millions of linear regression kind of right uh, so it's applying some kind of like computational method to something that we're measuring seeing that kind of thing yeah right? it's kind of trying to to replicate to create a model out of your observations to replicate uh, a phenomena that you know that there there is causation between your your data and the phenomenon you want to expl explain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you also mentioned like the neural networks how is that part of machine learning like i know it's kind of under the umbrella but what what's going on there exactly uh, like how are you using neural networks and how are they related to machine learning Oh, they kind of, they kind of the new thing to their. It's when you're doing machine learning, it's kind of an inverse problem. You're trying to find the underlying function of a phenomenon, mm -hmm. and with neural networks, it's those big black box that have that are really complex that can do that. That are really flexible. You can put them in all different architecture. Right. Yeah, but they they're inspired initially from the human brain. I think it's kind of like it's still it's still far from the the the, the, the from being true right now, but it's kind of a complete uh, initial mathematic model of the brain. Right. And they've been they're everywhere now in the all, mainly in time series analysis and image processing. Uh, I think you will see more and more application using uh, using neural networks convolutional neural network recurrent neural network just we see that in our phones now and mm -hmm. yeah some of the things that um that i know about machine learning is there's like some machine learning which you you're kind of like adjusting an algorithm and then you also have these like neural networks where it's just kind of like a black box like you can't exactly see or tell what the network is responding to like do you see like one is better than the other just that there's different uses for each one yeah i think there's different uses um there's a real danger in not being able to uh to see what's going on but um have you seen some adversarial example is that does that talk to you adversarial example it's kind of a new newish field of uh, neural networks where you you optimize your model you you take a pre-trained model for a purpose and you try now to fit examples that will fool your model right to giving it sure. negative examples yeah. right what's, what's it robust to and what's it not robust to right so 
there is a really funny thing you can find on the internet. You have this sticker, uh, and it's kind of the learn representation of a toaster for a neural network. Okay. And you can put it on any pictures that were really like a banana that's uh, usually a neural networks pre-trained for that will like it 99% it's a banana and then you put this sticker and it's now 100% a toaster (laughs) I think you'll you'll see more and more of those also people doing that I've seen some really geeky people do that put that on their profile picture put some kind of sticker right so it cannot there is some adversarial example there's a lot of papers on adversarial examples but some for uh, face recognition so how to fool face recognition mm-hmm. software i think you'll see a lot of people like messing with that yeah that's it, fun that's gonna be i think that's gonna be a place for people to sell some crazy stuff like yeah uh, yeah and it's also a challenge for people that are like working in that kind of area too yeah no that's really cool something that you see in a lot of scientific areas right now is you know these this what you hear about in psychology all the time that you know you're dealing with these statistics that people don't fully understand and so you end up making these conclusions that maybe aren't really supported by your data how are you avoiding that in what you're doing with machine learning and your kind um, of work we need to get the experts involved like uh, right now we <laughs> we were in a bit of a two uh, two weeks one month without a geologist in the office it's kind of tough <laughs> because uh, like with my background I know a bit like uh-huh. from geology I kind of I've been doing a bit of geology so I know what a, a bit what to do but uh, it goes it goes with with the experts I've seen IBM getting in the field with Gold Corp uh, doing a big big project. I think they struggled because all the geologists were on the uh, Gold Corp side, and you had the IBM people were doing the data science stuff. Right. Uh, and then you you get some people have expectations, and others they just discard the 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 field the, the field knowledge, which is a big big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, ends up being really multidisciplinary, right? Yeah, yeah it, it has to be. I wouldn't put variables that I that don't make sense in a model just because they they like increase the predictive power uh, supposedly because you haven't tested it yet on a real example. So you're doing <laughs> right. things in your office like the guy's been out on the field with his boots looking at the rocks. Uh, I would I would make sure I, I consider a lot what he's doing. Right. What he's seeing and what he's saying. Yeah. So now you're working at GeoLearn, yeah. which you founded. So that's what you've been doing kind of since academia stuff, even though you're still, yeah. you know, within academia. <laughs> We're kind of. still a bit kind of in academia. Um, so, what, yeah, just how it, how it happened. Um, and just what are you doing now? To yeah. the, the, the idea of this project was to integrate f- everything in full time. And we had also some little... Uh, visualization with augmented reality that's something we that's that was initially in our plan to do also stuff with visualization i think uh we're not there yet uh, with the team we're focusing more on the machine learning side mm-hmm. uh yeah and there was some interest and uh, we started working with joe uh, doing that and we had some 
uh, government grant. We had some people uh, giving us. We had some also some funding from service uh, we're providing perspectivity mapping. Uh, uh, if if I can explain a bit what it is, yeah, it's just from geophysical data and in the mining business, they're trying to. You're trying to find our body and you're trying to find the next big mine and people are using uh, airborne geophysical data as well as uh, sam- geochemical sample mm-hmm. uh, to, to find the targets and drill, right. drill, drill a target with high grade of uh, gold or copper or whatever. Right, yeah. And so the idea is to uh, have a method that can give you some nice targets so yeah right now everybody's buzzing about it in the mineral industry they're saying they got the algorithm uh yeah they have the knowledge to yeah they can they can have good targets and 100 percent of the time i i, I don't know <laughs> but we're we're providing also this service people are interested in that uh we've been good with uh, we've worked worked a lot with geophysical data so we know what we're doing mm-hmm. and then it's kind of nice to reduce the prospective area. Definitely, it's a field where you have a lot, a lot, a lot of data and combining them or making the sense of it all together. It's hard. You have some knowledge-driven methods uh, that the geologists use. But I think from interpretation of geophysical data, I would I would prefer a machine to look at all those data all together. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. One. You kind of have that example of you have a giant spreadsheet of numbers and you can't really as a person looking at it you have no idea what's going on but that's kind of what computers are best at doing right? yes so you guys have two main like projects or products that you're working on at geolearn right uh, yeah but this we have all those i would say i would not say two but we're because okay. we're uh, in the mining business we do service for prospectivity okay. mainly and then we have two software projects like the one's called Predecor working with drill core images uh, we use the drill core images from uh, that that the mining uh, companies have in there they, they have the, they go to the core shack they, they log the, the cores and they take pictures of it and then we use this data to have a predictive model to automatically log mm-hmm. um, we also have another kind of product coming out for this application I think it's kind of hard to explain without uh, an image but uh, if you see a, a core if you think about a core box you have all the, the 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 core parts what is rock and what is the wooden wooden box yeah because cores often aren't continuous they're broken up and they're broken up yeah so we have a segmentation uh, algorithm that oh. will uh, just isolate the pixels that are related to rocks and then making it all in order and in depth. Cool. Uh, it's still a work in progress, but it, it works kind of nice and it keeps it, it allows it allows for the predict for the for the other uh, the other product that will do the automatic interpretation. Like it's better if <laughs> it's reference in depth. So you, yeah, 
so you, if you don't have to do that step manually i think yeah it's kind of a bigger selling point for the, the next uh, the next thing yeah, yeah if you have to click buy end the, the, the core and then you say yeah, yeah i lost all this time to to get uh, right an algorithm to predict the core logging i would i would rather do the core logging like yeah by hand right yeah. but right now we've been doing a lot of uh, geophysical data processing um using some statistical methods but also yeah also a bit of machine learning um if you know about uh, reflection seismic uh used a lot it's, it's used a lot in the in the the oil and gas business right and so they'll have some kind of seismic source like they'll have like a truck that shakes or they'll have like an explosion then they'll essentially listen to the seismic reflection off yeah. of the rocks right i think from um interpretation perspective it's kind of looked the same as gpr i was mentioning before mm -hmm. it gives mm -hmm. you like kind of the same results visually as a contrast a map of the contrast of the soil properties right uh, but yeah it's more mechanical waves yeah, it's instead uh, it's more about the speed that the sound waves are traveling yeah. through the rock right exactly yeah. exactly um, and there is a lot of interest with those uh, this this type of data to get uh, faulting uh, uh, brittleness I mean all those properties that are relevant to uh, the oil and gas business so yeah it's it, all the methods that were used before are really uh, sensitive to noise mm -hmm. but with machine learning you can you can show the machine some example with noise so right. it's, it's getting more robust to, mm -hmm. to generate the real thing the, the real images of your fault or your uh, fractures things you're trying to image so that's that's one area yeah okay we're working we're yeah so glearn is kind of doing a lot of things a like lot of things the idea is to do all those we have all those services based on our past experience and all those routine we have ready because yeah. we're We've done all that work, those work in academia, and it's gone now. At that time, it was just it was just uh, scientific work, and nobody was interested in the industry. But yeah. right now, people are shifting towards that, and we're kind of uh, yeah getting this getting value for all this this thing this this work we've done. Yeah, being uh, ahead of the curve, kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it gives us kind of the 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 coins to to <laughs> to invest in developing the 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 softwares and yeah. which take time to uh, to implement to be accepted in the industry mm -hmm. um, yeah and also refine uh, yeah getting it to the next level right. so that's yeah. kind of our model we're not uh, we're not backed by any big uh, not at that time yet we have had some offers but to, to have people invest the big investors because mm -hmm. right now we're still figuring it out uh, but yeah we're doing some providing some services to to generate some cool products yeah yeah i think geology in general it's slow moving to accept new technologies but you know it's always got to you have got to be conservative when you have a lot of money in the in the game i guess right <laughs> so uh but yeah so what's geolearn doing next like what's the what's the plan for the future um we have the we're one thing one thing that is really coming out of the last 
uh, six months of, I would say, uh, reflection on the subject of where we're going and where we want to be and what has worked well and what hasn't worked and how to get people to get involved, how to recruit people uh, that have the knowledge we need to grow and everything like that. I think it goes with um, training. Uh, we started doing that, uh, but we're, I think we're not there yet where we want to be. When we founded Geolearn, we said we had the values. It was doing some predictive analysis and doing some community sharing. We, I think we didn't take the time to do it. And that's something we want to get more and more involved, I think, uh, in the year to come. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so we're doing a hackathon at Quebec Min. It will be uh, like a mining conference in Quebec in, uh, in November. Uh, and we're, I just received the email from the, the, the person from the, the, the government uh, mm -hmm. like uh, resource the department. And it was giving us green light to let, to get started with that. So they will host our hackathon inside their the trade show. Oh, cool! It's going to be a lot of fun. I have high hopes, but I don't know if a lot of people will register. But uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to make sure I go. Uh, I go by all the universities to make sure people are yeah, are aware that this this is going on. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, maybe you'll see me there. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> <Good>. really cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the idea I just will give the data, data set, and yeah, we're not. We need still to get our head around uh, if we we're gonna give be giving some specific topics or just giving access to a big data set and mm -hmm. saying like it's gonna be two days. I can do. There's so much you can do in just two days, but uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait to see what people will be doing. I uh, will be there just helping people and just right. going table by table trying to get ideas and just yeah that's that's one thing we wanted to do since the beginning i'm glad we're finally doing it yeah that sounds uh, awesome yeah what advice do you have for a student like not even necessarily in geology but just trying to get involved in maybe the kind of work that you're doing or learning how to use computers to help solve some of their what whatever problems yeah, that they're working on. I think that I think we're in a great time where I wish I was doing my PhD right now because uh, there's a lot of possibility. I mean, it's a non-explored uh, territory, so you need to you, there is somewhere to start. You you go to the yeah you go to the internet. You just Google it, learn Python. You'll find like the five first link are pretty great. <laughs> like it's it's uh, at least like. Yeah, Code Academy or mm -hmm. Free Code Camp. You have all those. Is that what you were looking at when you were in France? Oh, uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was already doing some Python that I learned on my own. But then I did some, because I had all this time, I did some tutorial to learn how to do it properly. Uh -huh. So you have, yeah, you start. But a main thing to do, just you can do a couple of tutorial to and course to to get the basics. But then after, there's no better way of taking one of your project and just saying, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take it end to end. Yeah. And I need some tools during that time. And then 
I will look for it because everything's on the internet. You right. can just look. Uh, you have a Stack Overflow. It's you can find solution to pretty much anything that yeah. you've thought about. Yeah, like it's it's still we're we're doing some quite advanced stuff, and it's there's there hasn't been a lot of time where I haven't found on the internet some p some person <laughs> with the same problem. Yeah, and some person that give that gave the answer a good answer. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of the coolest things about uh, you know, learning Python or just programming in general is that anyone with a computer can do it. And the best way to get better is by just getting out there and, you know, doing something that you're interested in, right? Like yeah. developing some kind of project that you think is really cool. And there's a way to, you know, do that just by, you know, using Stack Overflow, watching tutorials and working on your own kind of thing. Yeah. I think a good advice would be the next time I had somebody come uh, come in the office, uh, come, um, I think it was last week, and he was just unable to load data and he was trying a lot of softwares and he wanted to see if we had some ideas. <laughs> it, was, it was an old professor, so I, didn't, <laughs> right. I wasn't too big on the Python and uh, like the program, but it's one line, I would say. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah, one line of code you could have. Yeah. Uh, you just say uh, read Excel <laughs> would be really easy. So I say the next time you stumble upon a problem like that, like just think outside of the box and just say, hey, I can program. It's not that hard. That yeah. Would, yeah. And then start a project from there, maybe. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, do you have any other uh, any closing thoughts, any advice, anything else that we should have talked about that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, there is a, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting time for what uh, machine learning. It can have many, many, many applications on the project. Uh, still, uh, yeah, you, people should start looking in their paper review at uh, machine learning papers mm -hmm. and also biology papers did they do a lot of great stuff identifying stuff under the microscope or something like that mm -hmm. uh, i think geology can it's just some some is transposable to geology uh, yeah i don't i don't know what they'll say uh maybe that for people going to a master's phd you might not realize the I've I've seen some people because we're still we're still like I like you see we're still hosted in the the university like our offices in the university still see a lot of people like in their second or last year of the PhD starting to get depressed about what they're gonna do but I think what what it brings you is really an open mindset some people have it really early but yeah as you grow in the academia it's it, you don't have to. People think, ah, I'll be too specialized if I do a PhD. No, you're, you're just going to be good at learning. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Where can people find you? Are you on Twitter? Or, uh, do you send people to your website? or? Yeah, you can come look at the website. Uh, it's pretty slick. <laughs> Geolearn.ai. Yeah, I would be really interested to get in touch with anybody interested in the field. Uh, we're always looking for good, uh, <laughs> good recruits. There's people, and yeah, as I was saying to a lot of people during the course uh, Saturday, uh, yeah, send send me a sample of your data. I mean, we're we're still in that phase. I mean, we have we have time. I hope we stay in that phase forever. Like, 
being able to to talk with people, learn about their problems, and maybe see some solution. If it if it if it brings money in the end for us, it's good. But <laughs> if not, I'm quite happy to quite happy to share and be able to like advance the field as a whole. It's kind yeah. of cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking with hey. me today. Hey, thank you. It's been really Probably nice. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Breakmaster Cylinder for the music that you're hearing right now. Please subscribe. And if you're feeling up to it, give us a rate and review for the podcast on iTunes. If you have any comments about what we were talking about today, or maybe you just want to say hi, check out the podcast on Twitter or send an email to endeavorpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.